Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful on this Wednesday. As I mentioned yesterday, I am traveling this week, a little bit of a vacation, but doing the show, so thus the travel setup we have going, different setting, slightly different audio possibly, but uh, this is what we're doing this week. Next week, we'll be back in studio. With that being said, lots to discuss, so let's dive in. The South Carolina State House is considering, Republican lawmakers have proposed with 21 co-sponsors a bill that would uh, make women who get an abortion in the state of South Carolina eligible for the death penalty. It would make women who get an abortion, who exercise what should be their, their reproductive rights, would make them eligible for the death penalty. Take a look at this. Well, thanks so much, Chris. And top of the news this half hour, GOP lawmakers in South Carolina are considering the death penalty for people who have abortions. The bill titled the South Carolina Prenatal Equal Protection Act of 2023 would change the state's criminal code and redefine person to include a fertilized egg at the point of conception. According to the bill, the change would, quote, ensure that an unborn child who is a victim of homicide is afforded equal protection under the homicide laws of the state. The bill would provide for pregnant women who had an abortion if they were compelled to do so by the threat of death or great harm. There are no exceptions for rape or incest, however. Other lawmakers called the proposed legislation deeply disturbing. Deeply disturbing, indeed, uh, here from Rolling Stone. Members of the South Carolina State House are considering a bill that would make a woman who has an abortion in the state eligible for the death penalty. The South Carolina Prenatal Equal Protection Act of 2023 would amend the state's code of laws re uh, redefining person to include a fertilized egg at the point of conception, affording that zygote equal protection under the homicide laws of the state up to and including the ultimate punishment, death. The bill was authored by Representative Rob Harris, a registered nurse and member of the Freedom Caucus, is attracted 21 co-sponsors to date. Nothing represents how radical a certain part of the modern Republican Party is better than this action. To say that an individual choosing to not continue with the process of producing another biological being that is fully biologically dependent on them and for the producer, <laughs> the individual uh, creating that other being to say, I don't want to continue with that process and to turn around and say that's punishable by death from the pro-life people. We're going to possibly put to death an individual Again, exercising what should be the reproductive right in the name of being pro-life. That is as vile as it gets. 21 co-sponsors being considered within the South Carolina State House. Not to mention the logistical questions that come up with this. And I saw a story, something to the effect of an individual was imprisoned. Um, a pregnant woman was imprisoned and it's being challenged because... Uh, the the challenger of this is saying, can the fetus be in prison without a trial for the fetus? Because the fetus is now being detained. Are you illegal de uh, illegally detaining the fetus um, that is within the detained individual? Interesting there, but most importantly, um, a radical, dangerous example 
of how far the modern GOP has gone and how radical their views have become wanting to make women eligible for the death penalty who get an abortion in their state. Stunning. I have for you a video that was put together by the Republican Accountability Project that so accurately highlights Tucker Carlson's dishonest and disgusting rhetoric in regard to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and specifically how pro-Russia his sentiment seems to be, how pro-Russia his rhetoric is, and how aligned with the very words that Putin puts out a Tucker Carlson is. And to get ahead of this talking point that is always the reaction to a segment like this of, oh, you're just another person saying anyone you don't like is an agent of Russia. I'm not saying he's getting paid by Russia or anything like that. I'm saying he has made a decision as him, um, as himself, as an, as an individual to put out a bunch of rhetoric, a bunch of propaganda that perfectly aligns with Putin. That's what I'm saying. And it's horrible. And it is so dishonest because right now it is clear Russia's invasion of Ukraine is not justified. That is what is causing the unstable and dangerous moment we're in um, globally when it comes to the nuclear threat and uh, just the sovereignty of Ukraine being violated. That's the focus. That's what should be the focus. Tucker Carlson tries to make it about many other things in quite the dishonest way. And this Republican Accountability Project highlights this by setting next to one another Putin's statements and Tucker Carlson's statements. Take a look. Siding with Putin. Who's siding with Putin? I haven't seen anybody do that. The U.S. started the war and we used force in order to stop it. If there is any single American who deserves scorn and, yes, blame for the invasion of Ukraine, it would be Joe Biden. The Ukrainian people have become hostages of their Western masters. Ukraine is not a democracy. It's a client state of the Biden administration. The U.S. were training on the future theater of military actions by owning biological laboratories in Ukraine. Military biological programs are under development in Ukraine financed by the U.S. Defense Ministry. Western countries were setting military bases on our border. The Russians don't want American missiles on their border. They don't want a hostile government next door. NATO took specific actions, expansions to our borders. Getting Ukraine to join NATO was the key to inciting war with Russia. The elites of the West are not hiding their goals. They are trying to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia. The Biden administration wanted all along a regime change war against Russia. The initiators of the sanctions are punishing themselves. So it's not Vladimir Putin who's getting punished, it's American citizens. It's you. The West provoked the growth of prices in their own countries, collapse of energy sector. Gas prices are already the highest they have ever been in history. So the price of natural gas and the price of electricity and food and everything else you buy. I think we should probably take the side of, of, of Russia uh, uh, if we have to choose between Russia and Ukraine. That is my view. We're on Putin's side! <laughs> Fantastic job there by the Republican Accountability Project, but it's disturbing the largest cable news host spreading Russian propaganda. That's what that is. That's what that is. It's not true. Um, it's trying to say, actually, Russia had a reason. It's justified. They were provoked. It's actually the United States' fault or Ukraine's fault, and it's all to distract from the truth of the matter it's all to distract from the fact that putin today could end the war 
Putin today could bring peace in this situation by ending his invasion. And because of his distorted view of needing to bring Russia back to its Soviet Union glory, he has made a decision to invade, to cause all of this damage and destruction. And that should be the focus. That is um, what matters here. And so whether it be Tucker Carlson or Putin himself spreading these talking points, they're just so dishonest and nothing highlights it better than putting their comments next to one another and noticing how similar they really are and then what tucker carlson does in many situations is turn around and go oh oh, wait what what are you saying i'm pro russia that's so absurd you're the absurd one when in reality it could not be more clear that that's exactly what he's doing and i don't know his motivation i don't know if it's because he just needs to have something to criticize Biden about, so he's taking the opposite stance, or he has some lust for authoritarianism, and Putin represents that. Whatever it might be, it is clear, maybe not his intentions, but his actions, that he's absolutely perpetuating pro-Russian talking points that are so, and it's not just about it being Russia, Ukraine, United States, it's what is that defending? What is that distracting from? What is that covering for? And in the case of in this moment being and spreading pro-Russian propaganda, you are assisting in the horrible uh, reality that we're in right now. And luckily, Biden is the president, so all of the right-wing backlash to his support of Ukraine is not going to stop him from supporting Ukraine. But policies could change. And if this gets more popular, the largest cable news host perpetuating these lies and that changes the united states's policy on ukraine stops supporting them as much and makes it harder for ukraine to stand up in this situation that is terrible that would be absolutely awful um and i want to note just in case there's confusion on this this does not mean anyone who's asking questions about how much we should support or how long we should support or in what endeavors after this point in time should we that's not what i'm saying is in the Tucker Carlson box. Tucker Carlson is in his own category with a few others. You can have your questions and good faith conversations about the level of support and all that 100%. Tucker Carlson's doing something different. He's outright lying about the reality and like I said, spreading propaganda, which is pretty, pretty shameful, gotta say. We talked on yesterday's show about the response we've seen from many Republicans, many conservatives to the Silicon Valley bank collapse. Um, and I want to show you now a Media Matters video that was put together that very nicely highlights why their response is what it is. And what I mean by that, and we discussed this a little yesterday, is they'll say the reason why Silicon Valley Bank collapsed was because of woke, was because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Not explaining exactly how that makes any sense. Um, and very notably, not addressing the fact that really what does have some evidence behind it is the role that Trump's deregulation of the banking industry going after Dodd-Frank played in this. And that's exactly what this is about. When your very ideology actually is more to blame for why the Silicon Valley Bank was in the situation that it was and... um why we didn't have the proper regulations in place to prevent this type of bank collapse. 
um, you have to distract from it. And so a great way right now in the modern right-wing movement to do that is to say, it's woke. It's woke's fault. Um, and it works for a lot of people somehow. But here's this Media Matters video. At the top, showing in 2018 the media coverage of Trump's deregulation um, in regard to Dodd-Frank. And then below, you see 2023, what they've had to latch on to um, to distract from this very fact. We are waiting for President uh, Trump to emerge. He'll be signing uh, legislation that essentially rolls back some of the restrictions of Dodd-Frank. Not a full dismantle of Dodd-Frank, but a big win for the administration. There's going to be a, a, a lot of rejoicing in Smallville as a result. <laughs> I think this benefits the, cons the uh, community banks, the regional banks, more than anybody else. It's a very good decision. Yeah. A little rollback indeed. This is good stuff. Take the brakes off and let the money flow once again. Part of the Dodd-Frank repealed. I mean, this is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Regulation is a tool for the incumbent company or business owner to use against the small little guy. And then you saw that at the financial crisis as well with Dodd-Frank. The big banks got bigger. They had no penalty to pay. And the small little local community banks got completely run over. Is this the Silicon Valley collapse, the beginning of the collapse of the woke economy? This is the really the first bank failure that was caused by adherence to woke beliefs and policies. The senior <laughs> vice president of risk management at the yes. bank was was heavily focused on LGBTQ plus programs. Because you want a bank that cares about carbon emissions. And of course, there's endless posturing because it's all free about diversity, equity and inclusion. Silicon Valley Bank is a woke Biden bank. They were holding seminars on Lesbian Visibility Day and National Pride Month. Hey, Silicon Valley Bank, is diversity still your strength right now? It's time. So, I mean, it could not be more clear. Ignore completely that it actually had to do with their risky investment decisions, trying to make themselves more money, and the fact that proper regulation that was in place before could have prevented this very situation. Ignore that. Ignore, even more specifically, that your guy, Trump, is responsible for rolling back regulations that could have um, made a difference here. And just point it woke. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. They had a seminar one time. Oh my goodness. No way. That's exactly what caused this financial situation. It's so meaningless and I'm so tired of it. And there's no value to a discussion when that's all someone's bringing to the table. Um, Jessica Tarlov, one of the liberal hosts on The Five, or the liberal host on The Five, nicely pointed out another part of this. Take a look. I mean, that's yeah. an impossibility and something that we have to deal with. I want to say something about what the Post said. You know, if it was a, a MAGA bank, it basically was. Peter Thiel was one of the top five biggest VCs there. Huge backer of Donald Trump 2016, 2020. In 2022, he resigned from the board of Meta. He was one of the original board members so that he could back J.D. Vance. He could join a Trump-aligned pack for J.D. Vance and Blake Masters. So then even the specific talking point of... Okay, yes, it was decisions being made in the pursuit of profit as all profit-motived institutions uh, will, will be doing and investment decisions based on that that led them to where it led them to. But the individuals making those decisions was woke. Thus, it's less fault because wokeness. That's not even accurate, even though it's a pointless analysis, but it's not even accurate because as Jessica Tarlov's highlighting there, Peter Thiel was very involved in this bank and Peter Thiel is very much on the right. All of it is so 
just meaningless. Um, but it matters, unfortunately, because people take away from an event like this when they are watching conservative media and the conclusion that they hold on to is mm, yet another reason why Democrats are causing all the bad things. It's the left's fault and that's why I need to support Republicans more. When in reality, it's the Republican ideology, it's the conservative ideology that gets us in many of these very same situations that they're turning around and dishonestly characterizing to where we are. It's the deregulation in regard to East Palestine, we talk, uh, we've talked about in the past, if we had more proper regulation, we could prevent more train derailments. But it's conservative ideology that tells us, no, deregulate, deregulate. Ah, oh, that's a burden. Don't do that. Let the free market figure it out. Um, trust companies to make the right decision. And in banking, deregulate, deregulate. And people will, because of these dishonest talking points, for some reason, the efficacy of using the word woke will turn around and support the very party that represents the very ideology that is actually allowing for these events to be more likely it's so backwards it's so dishonest but that's where we are make sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel i have a clip for you from cnn where stephanie grisham the former white house communications director is getting asked about her experience being uh under trump i should say being trump's white house communications director getting asked about how closely Fox News and the White House work together. The term that was used in this clip that you'll see is hand in glove. And then talk about primarily the hypocrisy that this exposes. It's interesting by itself, but also within this current moment with all the right-wing conspiracy theories about the left coordinating with social media to suppress uh, conservative conservatives and to help Biden and all that. This is particularly interesting and again highlights hypocrisy take a look but one of the other things that i remember covering the white house is how i mean there was almost sort of a hand in glove you know sometimes fox and the white house were on the same page with the same talking points and it almost seemed as you, you would see hosts like laura ingram visiting the white house it almost seemed as though there was a pretty cozy relationship between the white house and fox is that how you remember and what do you recall from from that experience oh i i PTSD right now, but yes, very cozy relationship. Um, you know, I would have Judge Janine or Sean or Tucker calling me, and if I didn't get back to them right away, they would then call the president, and then I would get a talking to for not speaking with them. Um, I remember specifically working on a town hall that the president, the former president, did with Fox, and me having to talk directly to Suzanne Scott about making sure that it was full in there. Um, we did work hand in hand with them. And that came at the president's direction. If he didn't like something, we were to immediately, you know, call Fox and, and have them fix it or try to make a new story out of it, etc. So <laughs> during, well, number one, let me say just by itself, that's really interesting. The major media network on the right gets so much more views than the other uh, cable news outlets often and has the leading uh shows comparing across the board to other cable news shows is so closely working with the white house at the time that if they don't like something they can call them up and say hey we don't like this uh change it for us and there has to be approval going on at some of these things and that is fascinating I want to also connect it to, as I said, and just 
collectively, let's imagine if the roles were reversed. So first, what have they been freaking out about when it comes to the Twitter files? The fact that the Biden campaign at one point reached out to Twitter and said, hey, these things are against your terms of service. There's nude photos of my son that weren't uh, released consensually, and that's against your terms of service. And then Twitter went, hmm, independently looked at it. Yep, this is against our terms of service. We're going to take it down. There was no forcing or anything like that. Um, that's how that went. And the Trump White House had that same um, means of reaching out and asking for things to be looked at, asking for things uh, to be checked if they're against terms of service. And so that wasn't even unique to the Biden campaign. Another thing they're freaking out about is that the FBI went to Twitter and said, previous elections have shown us, the last election showed us, and we expect in this one that there will be foreign influ uh, influence using platforms like yours in this election. Be on the lookout, not forcing, but uh, forwarding things their way and saying, this is a concern of ours. That, in the minds of many conservatives, was the Biden campaign and the FBI stealing the election or um, having a horribly inappropriate relationship with a social media platform. But here, a massive media company that gets millions of viewers is just completely and totally working for and with the White House at the time. Imagine if the current Biden administration, a story came out that outlined the Biden administration working that hand in glove with MSNBC, for example. They would say, especially if it was going into an election, that this was election interference. This was a plot to steal the election. This is far too inappropriate of a cozy relationship between media and government and all those different things. This won't upset them, obviously, those same people, because it's working in their favor. But um, a more team sport mind mindset at Fox News than you would ever see at any other network. Yes, people share their views, have their biases, like politicians more than others who are in the media. I talk about my uh, views all the time, every single day on this show. That is different than a major media company just overtly working with the White House to push a particular narrative or to help their uh, political ambitions. It's pretty stunning stuff. And like I said, very much outlines and exposes, as if we already didn't uh, know before, much of the right-wing hypocrisy. Speaking of Fox News, I have an interesting Media Matters piece here to take a look at with you um, that notes in the last week, Fox News has talked about DeSantis more than they've talked about Trump for the first time this year. Uh, that's happened. And the reason why this is notable is we're watching as Fox News tries to serve DeSantis the, as the better option to their audience in kind of subtle ways, not so subtle in, in many cases. And we'll look at some examples of this in a second, but, um, but still trying to appear pro-Trump for the most part on air because as we know the dominion lawsuit has very much highlighted they prioritize saying what their viewers want to hear over what they actually believe tucker carlson saying he hates trump passionately and believes he's a demonic force and a destroyer and all that not saying that on air but if they really want trump to be gone and DeSantis to be the guy they have to do that in for example how much they cover one 
versus the other. So we'll look at this and then some examples of this type of coverage. So for the first time this year, Fox News from Media Matters invoked uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis more times than former president and candidate for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, Donald Trump. Fox personalities and guests had mentioned Trump more often every week since January 1st until last week when they mentioned DeSantis at least 177 times to Trump's at least 142, which could signal that the network is shifting its focus to the Florida governor. For the first 10 weeks of 2023, Fox News had mentioned Trump at least 1,571 times, and DeSantis, who has been flirting with a 2024 presidential run in recent weeks at least 791 times. Fox News mentions of Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. You can see a chart here for our video viewers. Um, and right here, for the first time on this chart, uh, DeSantis gets mentioned more. And... It is interesting, especially because Trump just in a some uh, somewhat objective-ish way is a more notable figure right now, a more talk aboutable figure when it comes to politics because he's running for president and DeSantis is just a governor of a state who's also being speculated a lot, of course, for uh, running for president. But for them to really lean into DeSantis as the guy shows they want him. But they have to do it through nice fawning coverage, maybe ignoring some things with Trump, but not overtly saying something that makes that view clear. So as a reminder, here's just a little bit of the beginning of a trailer for a Fox Nation special or something like that that they did about Ron DeSantis. Who is Ron DeSantis? Who is Ron DeSantis? Nobody doubts the governor of the Sunshine State is smart. Nobody doubts he is confident, and nobody doubts that he is driven. But his biggest detractors call him a power-hungry ideologue, while his biggest fans, though, think he's the only hope for a nation gone completely off the rails. So, who is Ron DeSantis? Two bad things in your, that you have to work against when you're going against Governor DeSantis. Number one is superior intellect. He has a brain that just few people have. And then the second thing... <laughs> Okay. Um, and then also recently, Brian Kilmeade, who seems to be the DeSantis guy, was tossing the ball with the DeSantis. If not this time to run for president, would you think at some time it's safe to say that that would be one of your goals? I would, I would, only, I would only do stuff if I thought there was a rationale for me to accomplish things on behalf of the people. So it's all substance driven about whether I could serve or not serve in a variety of capacities. But I'll tell you, you know, the, as governor, and if you're a determined executive, you know, you can make things happen. And we've done that in Florida. When can we expect a big announcement? <laughs> Depends how good we do in this legislative session. <laughs> all right. Thanks, governor. So, I mean, that's pretty clear. That's the type of coverage we've seen them doing for Trump for years now. And now they're giving it, giving it to DeSantis, who is clearly the person Trump is obsessed with and hates and does not want to challenge him and seems afraid of based on how often he's talking about DeSantis and criticizing DeSantis. And as I've said before, both Trump and DeSantis are incredibly dangerous figures, would be horrible presidents. But I do want DeSantis to get in the race just so the primary gets messy. And I think there's a better chance of the GOP going in to the general weekend if there's a really messy, absurd, bonkers GOP primary where Trump is just going berserk when it comes to DeSantis, challenging him as we've already kind of seen the indication of 
in recent weeks and months. But interesting stuff, Fox News trying to help DeSantis, but leaving their options open in case Trump is the guy. I have a clip for you from The Hills Rising of Brianna Joy Gray just incredibly exposing the dishonesty of the right wing's obsession with the word woke just through some simple questions. It's really great to see. We've talked a lot on the show recently about how they've created this tool being woke, They their obsession with the tool, and said that the left believes all these things, woke, all these terrible things, and then can apply that to anything and block all these just good actions the Biden administration is trying to take because, oh, his agenda is woke. Or um, saying that the banking collapse we saw with Silicon Valley Bank is due to woke. And it's just used for everything, effectively for a lot of people, but it shouldn't because it means nothing. And many of them who push this word, this individual, Bethany Mandel, is an author of a book called Stolen Youth about indoctrination, woke indoctrination of children, I'm assuming. Um, And even she can't define it. Take a look at this. Of Americans consider themselves very liberal, and probably fewer of them consider that. Of Americans consider themselves very liberal, and probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when when well, we what talk does that about mean to you, right, could, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that. Um, I. This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to re- to- totally reimagine and re- re- redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, sorry, I. It's it's hard to explain in a fifteen second soundbite. Well, yeah, look, your time. It- so indeed it did go viral and as Brianna Joy Gray said there, you can take your time. We can have a long extended form conversation about this word and I promise we'll get to the core of uh, of the reality that it's not being used the way that they talk about it. Honestly, it is a way to dishonestly characterize the opposition as a whole based on either random rando social media video examples or just complete lies about what anyone on the side stands for and create this straw man and then beat up on the straw man as your political um, message. But then when she gets some time to expand on this and Brianna Joy Gray asks, what are you saying? So kids are being harmed in some way. And when this Bethany Mandel uh, individual has a chance to expand, she tells this story, listen to the story and then see Brianna Joy Gray just completely uh, slap. So with the example of a five-year-old, one example that one of my friends just posited on Twitter, her five-year-old came home and said, I like girls. And so that means different things to different people. For an adult and and sort of what the adults were sort of telling that child and, and what they understood they were sort of framing for that child was that it's okay to be gay or straight and it, more of a sexuality question. Whereas for children, it's more... I like girls and I like boys. And the the way that this is sort of targeting children um, comes up a lot in children's literature and children's movies. And so there's a lot of sort of hypersexualization of the content that's being fed to children. Okay, so you get the point. And then let me skip forward just for the sake of time to where 
Brianna Joy Gray, add some important context to that story she told. I saw that tweet that you mentioned. It was someone who said, I was recently at my friend's son's eighth birthday party. I was chatting with one of the moms and she said that her five-year-old daughter came home from school and said she likes girls and that her teacher said that's okay. Um, So is the response seems to have been that's okay without more editorializing about whether it's sexual or not. Although you quote tweeted it saying making talking about sexuality with young children weird again, make, you know, make that weird again. Yeah. Without yes. more, it does seem like that's just a, Oh, that's fine. And let it go. And we'll see if she grows up and is actually lesbian or she just likes hanging out with her friend, Crystal, you know, so what, what would you prefer a parent do? What do we think is the appropriate course of action there to tell a kid it's not okay to like girls? No. So the the rest of that tweet said, you know, this is the mother was complaining that this is kind of constant messaging that's happening at the school. And this is something that a lot of parents are feeling very frustrated about, that it feels like a death from a thousand cuts. It's just constant, constant messaging about sexuality. Okay, so we'll stop it there. But very nicely done by Brianna Joy Gray. And uh, hilarious that she's trying to say this story of, you know, a child's being indoctrinated into being gay, I guess, was the attempt of the story there, or what she was attempting to push there. But then Brian Joy Gray says, well, the original tweet was just saying some teacher, I guess, whenever a kid came up and said, I like girls, they said, okay. <laughs> what What should they respond? No. <laughs> um, and then these types of anecdotes, and again, there are more dramatic, more... Um, I think universally condemnable examples of teachers doing things that aren't appropriate, whatever it might be. But either those stories are then extrapolated to mean this is what the left's pushing for, or lies about a story like that where she's saying, so then the conversation has to be about the sexualization of children saying it's encouraging the kid. You need to be lesbian. That's not what, even what the story was. <laughs> Why are you saying that that's the takeaway when that's not even what the story um, was? And all of the dishonesty that was being put out there was highlighted by just simple question to start with. What's woke? And then, okay, you say this specific anecdote. I read the story you're talking about. You're lying sort of by, you know, kind of what you're trying to allude to about the reality of that very story. And it's so important this is done more often because unfortunately, this boogeyman of woke is being used effectively for the right in many cases to push a lot of people definitely on the right some in the center and a few people even center left to believe there's this big problem with targeting of with the left going after your kids and as i've said before i think we should fight to protect kids yes i think we should address if they want to talk about grooming grooming and um all these examples of dangers to children a hundred percent the way we do that is not lying about what groups of people are pushing for, advocating for. And uh, actually you're standing in the way of really addressing real problems when you're lying about um, these these problems that you want to focus on. And it's, it's pretty unfortunate. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. I will see you tomorrow.